Hello and welcome to Beyond Top 10 Tennis. My name is Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge and I'm your host. I'm the author of 11 books, a CEO of 12 years, the founder of a startup set on data privacy, and most importantly, an elite performance coach of over 18 years, having worked with athletes throughout Europe, the United States to Australia. And most excitingly, I am the world's leading scientist on coach and athlete performance, specifically behind uncovering how to develop a top 10 tennis ranking. That's right, it's a world first, something that's never been, I guess, found, discovered before, and we let the data do the talking because it's so incredible, phenomenal, and I guess that's why we're here. I'm behind um, theories from the optimal performance theory, the B by Dr. B, to the rule of transference. I've coined terms from the barrier breaker to the golden rule and a slew of others. And look, as has become custom in each episode, Episode, we dive into one of my books to share just additional insights and just dig that a little that bit deeper and look we've been focusing on the secrets to optimal performance success a comprehensive discussion on developing elite coaches and players and look today's episode is no different from the others it's something I'm quite excited about to share so look as always buckle in and enjoy the ride Thank you so much for listening today. I'm really looking forward to today's episode and you know, you'll, you'll see why shortly, but look, if obviously if you've been listening to us for some time now, thank you so much. You know what we're about, but if it's one of your first episodes, thank you so much for joining us, but I'm sure you'll catch up soon enough. And look, today's episode, I think it's something really close to my heart because it's uh, not really spoken about. I will say though, Ideally, in the last couple of years, I think more noise has been made around that, and which is sensational. And I think I'm going to date this episode a little bit by saying that I am based in Australia and the FIFA World Cup just finished and we've had one of our most successful ever female sporting events, if not ever. And I know it's uh, one of the most just the, the noise that was made behind this woman's team. <laughs> so in Australia, there are Matildas has been absolutely sensational, phenomenal. And in its own right, they've set new benchmarks. And you go, what What does this have to do with tennis? And obviously that top 10 tennis ranking. And because today's episode, if you want to follow along, we are on page 183. But the topic for today is body image, self-worth and athletes, a coach's responsibility. And I guess I bring, I think, the reference to the World Cup and the Matildas in this respect, and obviously women's sport in general, because there are so many, I think, touch points there in respect to 
the developing athlete, but specifically uh, females, so girls, women, etc., and who are often scrutinized in this way when it comes to their body image or historically have been more so than their male counterparts, so boys. Although it has to be said that I understand also that boys do experience and men those own uh, stereotypes and varying connotations in that respect um, when it comes to the body body image although we do know what the research says and the data says when we're looking at vulnerabilities um, and um, a girl's uh, perception of themselves Um, and this is a very big topic Uh, it's huge and you might um, have I'm sure I am positive um, if you're listening that you've read up on it um, and whether it's in a books online it doesn't matter where we we know there's essentially been an explosion around this topic but I really want to I think narrow in on its applicability to the tennis landscape for that specifically uh, that developmental athlete but more so from the coach's perspective and uh, certain controls that need to be put in place that are not. And I say this specifically because as someone uh, irrespective of the status that I've reached and all the accolades behind my name, those initial um, courses that every coach needs to go through from that, you know, level one, two, three, etc. And in nowhere throughout that curriculum is there education around this topic. And look, again, if you've been listening to us for some time, you're very familiar then with the body of work by myself, but also available through AMA International because we wanted to make this accessible to everyone. So for the parents, the coaches, the players and athletes, opposed to a singular federation that is not sharing it with those specific coach education providers. So if you are one of those providers, the resources are available obviously for you to share. And I would encourage all coaches to parents out there who are interested in this topic to just make some noise around those providers to say that that this content is very important and it really is I think now more than ever so uh, critical to be discussed and included because there's such a fine line and I think if you are a female listener out there you have a very good understanding of where I'm coming from obviously if you are one of the male listeners it's, it's not not to take anything away from you it's saying that there are um, more significant uh, vulnerabilities in this respect or on this topic now i'm saying this because predominantly and unfortunately in the tennis landscape it's predominantly yes, saturated with male coaches Women coaches have become more frequent, although it's it's not the rule. I think if I was saying 80-20, so 20% uh, female coaches would be incredibly generous. So I do not have, I think, the data or the statistics on that. If you do, if you're listening and you do, please send it through because I'd personally find that fascinating. And um, I would love to be able to share and I think um, contribute and build upon that even more because it's such a 
it's so important it's a huge piece of work that's often misconceived so what happens obviously and this is again in life as well because we do like taking that humanized approach and I really try to incorporate that in each individual episode because essentially when we're looking at that divide it's it's applicable to you know the, the corporate world or, or the schooling system irrespective of the wider community there there are still those uh, the variances so to speak I'm not going to get into that but when we're specifically looking at this dynamic it's so important if you do not have a, a female coach available to guide that girl that female player there's typically there that can be lines crossed in respect to body image that really need to be cautioned on the same can apply obviously for that that male player that boy and varying connotations associated with that although that's very i think old school and stereotypical because it's not necessarily how it is across the board there are many coaches males included so male and female that are very conscious of body image irrespective if they're working with that male that female that boy that girl and they know how to handle it so if you're listening you're one of them thank you so much thank you for joining the club it's thank you though it's so important so you you understand where i'm going however we're still, if we're looking at that 80-20, I would argue that that's the 20% of the coaches who are who understand that dynamic and their role in that respect. It's probably also said then um, that that 80% are the ones who teeter on that line, who are borderline, who potentially leave those players, athletes more vulnerable than necessary. Because especially when we're looking at that adolescent age group and higher, so you could be that developing 13, 14, 15 year old, we are very aware of the susceptibilities within that age group but also when we're looking at the 18 19 21 year old etc it's it's still apparent now obviously depending on the environment that that athlete is raised in and how they've been conditioned um some areas are going to be they're not going to matter because they've learned um what to value and who to disregard which is a very big skill although in in this day where social media is more prevalent more than ever you do unfortunately get those negative comments that are just yes they can be on a player's performance although specifically you still get them across the board on someone's body image which granted is incredibly distasteful and appalling etc so hopefully we're all on the same page there but this is really about when we're looking at that coach's perspective and how they get to play a part so i think that's enough of uh, introduction in that respect so if you want to follow along please do and let's dive in elite sport and the battle with body image is all too common 
This can be avoided with the right team around the athlete. Why are athletes treated in this manner or made to feel poor self-worth about their body from a young age? Simple, pressure to perform and coaching the whole athlete opposed to purely the performance is neglected. Now I'll say that again, (laughs) simple, pressure to perform and coaching the whole athlete opposed to purely the performance is neglected. So essentially what is being said there is that more often than not, the whole athlete is not accommodated. The pressure is so intense at times, which is purely based on performance. Now, their issues are bound to happen if that whole athlete is not accommodated because body image is one part but we're also looking at self-worth of that athlete and we have had episodes that have touched on this briefly in the past so i do encourage you to catch up on those episodes but this is really saying that if you do not consider the whole athlete you're missing out And that's obviously a key proponent in an elite coaching pedagogy, which means if you are one of those coaches and you want to progress and you want your athlete to progress, this is a key facet to be included in those pedagogical underpinnings. If you choose not to, you are not, I guess, setting yourself up to align with those principles but you're also doing your athlete that play a disservice of not being equipped with those tools to guide them along the pathway. Everyone out there has a mother, father, maybe sister or brother, even close friends, as well as teachers. Now I acknowledge there are different dynamics here, so let's just play along. And hopefully even close friends as well as teachers. And hopefully if you're reading this, you are also into sport, so you would have already have or have had a coach. Now ask yourself carefully, how would you feel if someone, one of those people you looked up to, knocked your body image? This is a big thing. So first it's important to rehash or preface there that it could be that parental figure, that parent or and or guardian, that, that close friend, and also that coach. And obviously today's episode, we're focusing in on the coach and their responsibility. Though essentially, we're looking at the the adults in the room when we're looking from that player's athlete's perspective and also uh, their level of power. And this is a topic that we don't often broach, but I have in a lot of my work because essentially it's a power tussle we talk about because coach-athlete relationships, there's a varying power dynamic. Um, Best case scenario is that you work towards balancing that, which is often neglected. And it is also something that is so critical to be brought to a player's athlete's attention that the capacity to balance that power is in their hands. Now, some coaches may not be a fan of this, but it's really saying it's a two-way street. So an effective coach-athlete relationship, it, it works both ways. So you can have a positive communicational inter- exchange there um, that is reciprocated and the levels of trust are included there. Obviously the performance metrics that we've discussed in previous episodes, and we do a lot. 
uh, but also that that level of responsibility there where the coach is that adult in the room that that is your role and it is your responsibility in that dynamic irrespective of the shared power there on both sides because at the end of the day uh, you probably or look up the episode hiring and firing my coach so for the coaches out there again the athletes are responsible for just putting it really simple firing the coach so you want to make sure you build that relationship obviously it works both ways because that coach can say to a play athlete that they no longer wish to work with them that's it when it comes to that power dynamic finding that balance is incredibly healthy so it's something obviously not to be ignored but when we're looking at an athlete's a player's body image the susceptibility there where they trust you as a coach or they trust that parent and or guardian or, and or that adult figure in their life if a negative uh something along the lines is said about their body image and it's taken obviously in that negative context can be incredibly damaging what if you were devalued as a person on a superficial level by those you admired respected or held in high regard now ask yourself does anyone have the right to call you names in the first place as coaches it is your responsibility to protect your players from this not to be a part of this devaluation this is so important um, i cannot tell you how many athletes that i've worked with over the years who have had some issue in some way shape or form and i use the word issue lightly and it's really a, a generalized word here minus any type of connotation there it's really to encapsulate i think problems that are ex uh, internal and or external but they've obviously been caused externally by another person unfortunately a lot of these i think problems um or the, the, with the negative connotations initiate in the schoolyard and again we're looking at obviously that, that developmental spectrum here if not in on the schoolyard it can happen sometimes on the performance grounds however more often than not it's an even playing field there even though we'd like to think that the schoolyard there is but i think we all know that's not the case um so it's more often these things do happen at school and that tennis environment is that safe environment and that's myself speaking not only from experience from how i've worked with athletes but also during my days as a player and it's sad but true but it gives me that extra level of understanding and empathy with my players and athletes knowing what it means for them to be able to rock up go onto the tennis court and know when it comes to their body image and their self-worth that they're protected opposed to the potential uh negative ramifications to consequences unfortunately that do happen schoolyard adolescence etc and it is a coach's responsibility here to empower that athlete to empower that player to know they are valued and to create that safe environment and i won't go into my personal recount however this is something that varies depending on the club and or center 
if you do have uh, a coach that comments on a player's athlete's body in any way, shape or form, no, that is unhealthy. Was I one of those athletes that experienced that? Unfortunately, I was. Um, And that's not appropriate. However, I'll preface this by saying it was not said in an inappropriate context, but that's not the case. It does make that developing mind question and that leads to other I think connotations there so it's really about from that coach's perspective it's not about teetering along that line it's being respectful of that athlete as a whole treating them as a whole and relaying obviously their worth to them and body image is something for them to know that they can be proud of who they are and irrespective obviously of their appearance we are there on the court to work on their performance. Obviously, if there are certain, I think, performance gains that will come out of strengthening that player, for example, then you're going to work on strengthening that player. But it has absolutely nothing to do with their body image because in turn, that's going to almost dehumanize then their self-worth. In an age where unfortunately a lot of emphasis is put on body image, whether you like it or not, a lot of people are raised to directly associate their body image with their self-worth. Most simply, self-worth is in reference to how you personally feel about yourself, how much you value yourself, and the regard and respect you hold for yourself. The worth you place on you as a human being. Now, the most empowering thing here is that I, I want to believe that every child is built with a full self-worth. It's not until they experience the knocks that self-worth drops and it drops. And every player athlete is going to have varying levels of that. Uh, Fortunately, for most athletes, if they are in that environment, their performance begins to help, help rebuild that, which, which is a wonderful, I think, contributing factor. Although it does not remove that. So it's something, it's not the be all and end all, but it's incredibly important for a coach to be mindful of this. Now, if you're one of those parents listening, it's so important to be able to have that conversation with your child. And irrespective of their appearance on the outside, it is the adult's responsibility in the room to build that self-worth up. Because at the end of the day, it is not until these children (laughs) progress through uh, their teenage years to become young adults, where only then do they begin to learn the tools to rebuild themselves. And that is absolutely critical to get your head around because it is not something a child can do and or fix. It is they are doing what they know or what they have learned, how they've been conditioned to respond. And so if you are a parent and or coach with that child, player, athlete, that's, you know, under that 18 years of age, they are susceptible. And typically the older athletes, you know, 19 through to 25, they are still susceptible 
<laughs> they really are. And again, it's not their fault. It's what they've been conditioned towards and that uh, I guess that the cause effect and those responses there. And if you are one of those adults that they can lean on, you have the incredible opportunity there to empower them, to guide them. Because I am sure most, if not all individuals, all humans with that humanized approach have, I think, varying depictions of their own self-worth when it comes to their body image. Unfortunately, we do live in a world, a society that have that has varying connotations around, I guess, the physical self. Now, irrespective of what yours may be, if they are there, but let, let's say that they are there, think to yourself, wouldn't it be incredibly empowering if you could void those from that player athlete or child to equip them with the tools uh, the coping mechanisms the feedback that positive feedback loop that can help empower them and build them uh, in a more resilient way to counteract the negative implications of what it means to be a growing child young adult in society now I acknowledge it's quite loaded and it's a little bit uh, <laughs> off in respect when we're looking at developing that top 10 tennis ranking but think about it I think from this perspective then an athlete who has so many I think negative connotations about their image to their self-worth how how are they equipped then with the tools to ascend towards a top 10 tennis ranking it all counts and we've touched on this in previous episodes that the foundations are absolutely fundamental and i would argue also if you are obviously ranked 50 in the world to the top 20 in the world teetering on the top 10 your body image is probably um okay you're, you're it's probably okay now that's not to say that you may be unhappy with varying parts that's not not at all it's really about you've gotten to a point it's okay so it's not taking up your mental space however your self-worth if it is not whole it is when I say it if it's not whole that means whatever isn't detracts and it means that that mental capacity that you want to be working on and progressing towards that top 10 tennis ranking is being counted it's taken from you because your capacity is not whole potentially you're at 80 percent so that 20 percent that 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 gap there that is uh, contemplating uh, thought provoke provoking in that sense uh, on and or of your self-worth detracts so we want to build that well-rounded whole athlete that yes you believe in yourself but also your self-worth is empowered by that so we're filling those gaps rather than your mental capacity being elsewhere opposed to fully focused on ascending fully focused on your performance fully uh, focused on what specifically you are working on on that given day to progress to implement to improve um, obviously to reach that next peak performance uh, metric 
So you are gradually progressing towards that top 10 tennis ranking. And I know that's a very long way of saying it and all the, I guess, those inner workings there. But at the end of the day, it's actually quite simple because if we're really being mindful and conscious of everything from our body image to our self-worth, they look after one another if we're surrounded by the right people and that right conducive environment. Coming from a coach's perspective, yet also from a researcher, scientist, PhD, touching on athlete self-worth and the careful measures necessary in the coach-athlete relationship, a coach should never negatively influence an athlete player's self-worth. They should do the exact opposite build it up build it up so high that the athlete has a resilient ideology of their self-worth that they are a confident athlete comfortable in their own skin and that their performance is what it is all about not how they look and i think that's going to be the segment we finish on today because it really surmises everything i think we've been leading towards or what today's episode's about because body image (laughs) <laughs> to our self-worth they're tied together typically someone who has an incredibly high self-worth they're, they're quite comfortable in their own skin but it's so important when we're looking at I think the earlier developmental um, side so that I you know the adolescent um, age group that's where there is increased levels of susceptibilities around this and it's also where we see the most i think prevalent drop off so there are athletes out there who want to progress towards a top 10 tennis ranking and they drop and when i say drop they stop playing they something goes missing and more often than not people think it's the athletes and Granted, they obviously play a part in that decision, but it's also the coach's responsibility. And if they've been able to engage that player athlete, because I guarantee you, if that player athlete child has a goal and they want to work towards it, of course they do and they want to keep working towards it. But if that negativity um, gets too much, um, if those negative connotations are shared and all those influences are felt irrespective of where they're coming from but the training grounds the environment of where that athlete is showing up if they are not conducive towards those goals towards that performance is detrimental and i think that's common sense however when we're looking again at an athlete's self-worth that slowly and progressively knocks it back so much to the point where that once dream of heading towards the top 10 tennis ranking it starts to become more of a, a shadow which is heartbreaking because we know and i think that's the best part of the data is that we know what it really takes we know that the technical implications we know the load we know the progressions we know the pathway we know the long game we know how to ascend we know with those tools we know from the player's perspective we know from the coach's perspective what it takes how you need to work together how you need to build that optimal team and then ascend um, and just 
what it takes to gradually and progressively get to 900 in the world, 500 in the world, 200 in the world, and break into the top 100, break into the top 50, and ascend, ascend, ascend closer to that top 10 temps ranking. We know it's possible. We know the steps um, in place. But if you have an athlete that's suffering, their self-worth is suffering, their body image is suffering, that's your responsibility as a coach and or if you're a parent out there as a parent. But if you're one of those players, athletes, let me talk to you now. Because if that's something that you're not comfortable about, that's something that has been quite a challenge that you're um, not too sure how to deal with, that's what the adults in the room are for. You should, you should feel comfortable talking with your coach about this and your parent and or guardian. If you do not feel comfortable, I would say it's time to get another coach. Uh, try talking with another coach if you're at a center. Um, and if that parent or guardian is not available for you to have that conversation, maybe one of your teachers is when we're talking about this age bracket. Or you'll have another adult figure in your life to be able to have that conversation with. And please recall previous episodes when we've looked at the value of friendship and how we can leverage those friendships in the best possible way where both are working towards that end goal. So that dream of developing that optimal performance and how when all else fails, remember you've got one another in this context so i acknowledge that there are very different dynamics out there whether it's you know two parents one parent just a coach or it could be that guardian or that that big brother big sister irrespective of what that setup is there are still steps in place to head towards that top 10 tennis ranking but also the access is there to have those discussions from your body image to filling up your self-worth that is so important so i think on that note we'll wrap things up because your self-worth is absolutely critical it's fundamental and it's one of the best things you can have and it's all yours and especially you have to hold on to it when you're heading towards that top 10 tennis ranking Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, to grab a copy of The Secrets to Optimal Performance Success, head on over to AM8 International. That is am8international.com. For any comments or questions, head on over to AM8 International or Topic Thread. That's the only social network I am on. Beyond Top 10 Tennis is available, whether it's on Threads, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, and there's probably another one out there. Our blogs are available on Medium or directly on AMA International under our news tabs. So you will find them there twice every week. So please come and say hi in any way, shape or form because there are many outlets there. But specifically, if you are listening on Spotify, we do have those polls to questions. And those I do personally review and I will try to review all of the ones on social media too so please don't be shy it's a wonderful opportunity to share your thoughts and hopefully I get to say hi and a big thank you for 
contributing in that way and I really appreciate it so for those of you who have left feedback in the past thank you so much and for those of you who are thinking about it please do uh, if you'd like something different head on over to Pink Octopus Books that's where my fictional release is um, if you've t- enjoyed today's episode please subscribe follow like that would be absolutely phenomenal and look I think we're going to finish on this note thank you so much for listening as always I am so incredibly grateful I am your host, Dr. Ashley Morgan-Burge, and this is Beyond Top 10 Tennis, and I'll see you next time.